Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. So much ridiculous stuff going on in so many different places. There's a story that we didn't get to on our first hour that I kind of like, and I feel like we're in a moment here where we could use a little levity, right? I mean, there's just been so much stuff going on. Let's just have a little fun with this. I want to talk to you about Ryan Roth. I like Ryan Roth. Ryan Roth makes me think of golf, which is my favorite thing. And there's nothing I love more than thinking about golf in December in New York. Because in December in New York, you feel about as far away from golf as you possibly can be. Ryan Roth is a... um, is now a city council member in Rainier, Washington. He is that because he beat out an opponent named Damian Green. The final vote was 247 votes for Ryan Roth and 246 votes for Damian Green. You may say to yourself, kind of rough. You lose by one vote. Well, guess who didn't vote? For Damian Green. Damian Green. Green said he did not vote for himself because, quote, I didn't feel comfortable. I thought it was kind of narcissistic, so I didn't. The hand recount results were the same as those tabulated by machines following the election in early November. Three Thurston County elections employees spent an hour recounting the 555 ballots submitted from voters eligible to vote in the Rainier City Council races. Roth found out he had won by saying, it's awesome, I'm going to go have a nice steak dinner. He said he is grateful for his wife, who insisted he vote for himself. So he voted for himself. Green did not. And as a result, he lost his election by one vote. My question to you is as follows. Do you view Damian Green as A, a heroic figure, or B, a complete schmuck? It's got to be one of those two, right? You can't have no opinion on this. To feel that voting for yourself in an election is narcissistic is quite different than... It's got to be... It has to have some reaction. So let me ask you, Hembo, if you were running for election somewhere and in a city council, again, this is not you're not running for president of the United States where millions upon millions upon millions of votes are going to be cast. And any one vote is unlikely to sway the outcome, although, as we have seen, there have been very close elections. That said, in a city council vote where they wound up getting 555 ballots, it should be fairly obvious that one vote might wind up making at least some difference. So if you were running for such an office, would you vote for yourself or would you fear it was narcissistic? I would vote for myself because there are very few hard and fast rules in life. But one is most definitely that you cannot occupy a spot on the Rainier City Council without being narcissistic. Why do you <laughs> so, say that? Oh, because look, I mean, if this is his, if this is his thing, like his hill to die on, then you can't be a politician. If you're going to be a, if you want to be a politician and have a, and have a career in politics, the least you can do is vote for you. I view Damian Green as a complete schmuck. Okay, that's one vote for schmuck. Uh, Bubba, is he a hero or is he a schmuck? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say schmuck. I'm going to say both of them, honestly, are, because the other guy had to be convinced by his wife to, like, what are they talking about? It's, you vote for yourself. That's how it works. You go, you go to the high school, you vote for yourself. We see it all the time for no matter what it is, a president, governor, senator, and I, obviously this is a lower level, but you see him on TV all the time. They, oh, there's Joe Biden going into, he's voting, you know, he's voting. You vote for yourself. That's what you do. It's not. It's not narcissistic. It's not even narcissistic. That's what you do. It's implied. You're gonna go. You're gonna vote for yourself. It's not even a question. And the fact you had to be convinced by your wife is insane. And the fact you didn't even vote is even more insane. And you deserve to lose. And you should never even run again. Get out. So that's two votes for schmuck. One of them very vociferous. Quite. Cam hero or schmuck. Definitely schmuck, and we're leaving out perhaps one or two of the great anecdotes from oh, this I'm story. Going to get there. Oh, oh, okay, I'm there. fantastic. Then I vote for schmuck, and I would like you to read what is happening next in this story. Okay, well, I'm not sure if what you mean by what is happening next. It is what is now not happening. Right. This is a county where elections have historically been very close, and I want you to understand just how seriously they take this office. The last time there was a tie. In a Thurston County election, it was decided by a coin toss. <laughs> so had Ryan Roth, excuse me, had Damian Green voted for himself, they would have tossed a coin to decide who won. Now, I don't know very many things in life, my friends, but I do know this. Any decision that is being made by the toss of a coin <laughs> is just not that important. So if you don't take your own city council seriously enough to find some other way than tossing a coin. Like, can you have fathomed that? Like, you bring the two of them in and you have them, we're going to get a quarter here. Could we play rock, paper, scissors? Find a better method. What are how, Penalty kicks. I'll take literally anything. How about, like, a, um, a, a quiz on the history of the county? General Knowledge Wednesday. General Knowledge, general knowledge Wednesday. Hembo gives well done, the quiz. Baba. Do you have a General Knowledge Wednesday question ready for us? No, because I knew that you'd make fun of me. I make fun of you anyway. When, when, when has there ever been a day that I don't make fun of you? Well, I mean, you gave me a hard time yesterday about trivia. And right. I was afraid that if we actually ran back General Knowledge Wednesday, you well, would... Well, we did a regular sports trivia question. What would be a good question for us to use to decide who should be the city council member from Rainier County or Thurston County or wherever mm-hmm. thing this thing was, was that these, this one schmuck decided not to vote for himself? Oh, I didn't get to tell you while you figure out a question. I have several, but... I didn't get to tell you why it is that this made me think of golf. Because the one thing it did make me think about is golf is the only sport where a person calls a penalty on him or herself. So let me ask you a question. If you are playing for anything from a master's green jacket to a $20 Nassau and you commit some sort of penalty, whether it it is accidentally swiping the sand in a bunker, accidentally grounding your club, as we call it in golf, or something else. Not a purposeful violation of a rule, not something that actually had any impact on any shot you hit. Would you call that penalty on yourself? Would you call someone who calls that penalty on themselves a hero or a schmuck? A schmuck. 
You call that person a schmuck. But I take my golf much less seriously than you do. But you are a person of then of no integrity whatsoever. That is the standard operating procedure in golf because it is impossible for there to be others to officiate every single thing that happens, that it is a game of integrity and you are supposed to call a penalty on yourself. I have said repeatedly, there is no, no lower person on earth than one who would cheat in golf. I would much rather, the the, the history books are filled with people who have not gotten onto the tour, who have not gotten their tour card, who have have failed to requalify for the tour, and any number of other things, because they called penalties on themselves. And you know what they can do? They can sleep at night. They They can look themselves in the mirror and know that while they may not be on the PGA Tour making millions of dollars, at least they have honor. Does that mean nothing to you? You're over-dramatizing this because the most I would ever do is play that $20 Nassau, and I know none of my friends have anywhere close to the amount of integrity that it seems you do, and so I'm operating then at a competitive disadvantage if I'm going to call on uh, penalties on my, for myself when they aren't. So you're now saying that that, is, that person is also schmuck, not hero. Yeah, those are our house rules. Okay. Uh, Bubba, schmuck or hero if you call a penalty on yourself and go? Hero. That's, what, that's how you're supposed to play. That's exactly right. Cam, split the difference. Yeah, I'll say hero. I think it's different than not betting on yourself. It's more like keeping yourself in check. And the last thing on Damian Green, the fact that there was a tie before and he still <laughs> didn't vote for himself is ridiculous. Like, he knew this could happen. It's happened before. There was a tie, and it was settled by a coin toss. That's like the 12th NFL tiebreaker, by the way, for the playoffs. If you get through, like, strength of schedule, like, you know, defensive yards, all this stuff, like, the 12th or 13th NFL playoff tiebreaker is a coin toss. Yeah. I hope to see it one day. But what that is-, is only because they know it will never get to that. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is the first tiebreaker for the Thurston County have, election. Um, this is the only tiebreaker. They have put yeah. coins for draft order before, though. They, what? Not, they have flipped coins for draft order before. Right. That is but, not terribly uncommon. And that isn't quite as egregious as flipping a coin to decide who is going to be on the city council. Well, what are they deciding exactly? Well, I mean, that part I really don't know. Can we do a quick research study? What exact, what are the decisions, what are recent yeah. decisions that have been made by the Rainier City Council uh, or, or anyone, any election in Thurston County? Like can we it. look those? Well, by the way, I have a quick uh, trivia question we can use. I have a pop culture question for you we can Okay, use. fair enough. This is going to be general knowledge Wednesday. This is my my go-to pop culture question I ask everyone. Sneaky Bubba. Nice. Who is the only three-time member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, Hembo has zero. I just looked in Hembo's direction, and he looked at me like, what the hell? He said, what's rock and roll? Okay. So let's think this one through. I like this. I think I got a fighting chance at this. So how do you get in three different ways? You would have to be in three bands or be in as a, like, do they put in, like, producers and things like that? Like, are those no, people no, in the just, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? bands. So, so we're, this is exclusively limited to artists. Yep, exactly. And so it could be solo. So someone could be in as a solo artist and as a member of two different bands. Correct. So, I mean, the, 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 the people that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head... Someone like Eric Clapton, people who were in a lot of bands. Like Eric Clapton was in Cream, and he certainly would be in, I would think, as a solo artist. And I feel like he was in another band. Um, there were these super groups that took place a lot like in the 60s and the 70s. I, I feel like it's possible that, that, that the guys, what was the band that, that George Harrison and Bob Dylan and Tom Petty all created? Traveling Wilburys. The Traveling Wilburys. Could they have possibly put the traveling Wilburys into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because if so, it sounds like a minor league team. Well, but but they had a, they had some good songs. But I don't think they. I think they just did like one album, and that was it. If I'm if my memory serves, 
But it's going to be someone like that because George Harrison certainly, the Beatles would certainly be in, and I would think George Harrison would be in as a solo artist himself. It's a pretty good question. Am I thinking along the right lines, Bob? Yes. Do you have a guess, Cam? Yeah, I think this is more up your alley, but Dave Grohl's in a couple bands, but he's probably Dave Grohl. He's probably in two, probably not three. But right. Yeah, I think you were thinking along the right lines. I would say Clapton's not a bad guess. Clapton, Jeff Beck has been like in a million bands. Um, I like this question. For lack of taking up any further time, I'll go with Clapton. Clapton is correct. Woo! That should count in the standings. You are now on the city council. Okay. (laughs) All right, so wait a minute. So it was Cream, and it was, as a solo artist, I assume, what was his third band? The Yardbirds. Oh, the Yardbirds. That's it. That is exactly it. Well done. Only three-time member. General knowledge wins that. Do you have a general knowledge question? I do. Let's do one more, and then we'll talk about it. I like these. What is the commonly accepted resting place of Noah's Ark after the Great Flood? That's the worst question I've ever heard in my entire life. There's literally, Bubba, is, is there a human being alive who knows the answer to that? Like, wasn't that the subject of the first Raiders of the Lost that's, Ark? That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Right? I mean, is that, is that, is that? Never seen that movie, but oh, I got this from the Old Testament. You've um, never seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. No, Come the Old on. Testament tells you where the resting place is? There's a commonly accepted resting place based upon the Old Testament's description of the mountain. Aye, aye, aye. I, has, have you ever hated anyone as much as you hate Hembo? Like, we're sitting here having fun. One answer is Eric Clapton. I'll give you one hint. Your answer is going to be like Mesopotamia. I'll give you one hint. What? It's in modern-day Turkey. <laughs> Constantinople. <laughs> well, that would be Istanbul, not Constantinople. The modern-day Turkey, was that like, the, what, what, what were those places called? The Holy Roman Empire, Prussia, I hate this question. There are people within the sound of my voice that know this. I'm sure there are. By the way, Damian Green said third time's the charm, so he's (laughs) going to run again. Oh, he's running it back. We'll see if he votes for himself. What what is the answer? Aren't you going to tease it to the next segment? No. This is very teasable. No. I want people to keep listening. (laughs) The answer is Mount Ararat. You've never heard of Mount Ararat? Can we break? Mount Ararat? Okay. Literally more than half of the people within the side of my voice knew the answer to that question. Mount Ararat. You don't know who Eric Clapton it's one is. One of the most famous. And we don't know who Mount Ararat is. Mountains in world history. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much pressure on the Turkish government to let people go up there to find the ark, and they won't let people do it. This is a fascinating subject matter. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to try and pivot backward from that, um, which I think at this point is probably impossible. Past the point of no return. But up next, I will tell you something that people have been saying forever about one of your favorite sports that has now once and forever been proven completely untrue. That's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. I FaceTime, Hembo. You called me back naked. As naked as the day I was born. Why? Why on earth would you not have taken a second to put on a pair of pants? Why were you naked in the first place? What are you doing naked at 8.17? I had just showered, and upon removing myself from the shower, I looked at my phone, and that's when I read the... You looked at your phone before getting dressed. I never want you to do that again. Knowing it, as I do now, has changed our relationship. This is Greeny. We're having a rough morning here. We're doing the best we can. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, I'll tell you why everything you've always been led to believe about one of your favorite sports always was untrue and has now been proven such. But first, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, going all the way back, I'm going to go back. The first talk show I ever hosted was in the summer of 1992. In the city of Chicago, they had started their first, the first all-sports radio station in town, in January of that year. And I had a primarily behind-the-scenes job, and then I worked my way into becoming a reporter. And then in the summertime, when the hosts would take time off, they let me fill in, and among other people. And it was one of the great thrills of my life. And so when you're going to do your first ever talk show, you spend a lot of time thinking, like, what is it I want to say? What do I want to talk about? It's, you know, middle of summer, so you really have sort of a, a blank tableau. You can say, you can go anywhere you want. And the topic I chose to talk about was that the way college athletes are treated at that time was completely unfair, it was un-American, and that when they told you that all chaos, all hell would break loose, and that the sports as we knew them would be destroyed if there were not these incredibly strict restrictions on all of these athletes, 
that they were telling you an untruth. I said that 30 years ago. I said, that's not true. That is a tiny little group of people doing the best they can to hold on to all of the authority that they have because they have total control. Coaches, athletic directors, NCAA fat cat executives, they told you if we just let players transfer from one place to another, it will be anarchy. People will stop caring about the sport. If we let the players have take any advantage of what we now know as name, image, and likeness, terms we didn't use in those days, if we let them have any special benefits at all, then people will consider this professional sports and they will lose their interest in it. If, if, we, allow, if we pay anybody anything, it will destroy the sport as we know it. Competitive balance of the sport will be destroyed. Everything as you know it, will come crashing down. We must not let any of that happen or it will be the end of college sports. And I told you 30 years ago, they're full of beans. That was never true and it is now proven to be untrue. Name, image, and likeness, transfer portal, and as I'll explain in a minute, soon to be actual salaries for these athletes, they all exist And the sport has never been more popular. Never. In fact, it has gone from being a regional sport to being a national sport. It has gone from being maybe the fifth most popular sport in America to being the second most popular sport in America. Pro football is number one. College football is number two. That is a fact. And I was watching a very nice presentation that they did at the end of the Alabama-Georgia game. That was the the end of CBS's longstanding contract with the SEC. And they did a magnificent job with that over the years. And I heard Gary Danielson say, credit needs to go to Sean McManus, who has been the guy running CBS Sports forever, because he had the vision of taking what had always been a regional sport and putting it on national broadcast network television in the middle of the afternoon. And he's by no means the only one to do that. ABC was doing it with Keith Jackson. And I think that the, 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 um, the, the, the enormous uh, growth of ESPN and, and other networks like ours, but primarily ESPN, also contributing in a huge way to where if you live in Alabama, you're no longer just hearing about Alabama and Auburn, but you're hearing about Penn State and Michigan and all of this. And that is true everywhere. So a lot of factors have come together to create this. But it was never about we must preserve the integrity of the amateur status of these athletes. It never was. That was just about a bunch of people trying to hoard all the money and all the power. And every coach who was up there saying, oh, if you let these players transfer, then what? What would happen? Things would be better for the transfers. And if you can't deal with it, the only one who loses out is you. Did you watch the other night we named, we named, uh, RG3 and Van Pelt named the four finalists for the Heisman Trophy this year? And they are Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State and three guys who transferred. Three guys who transferred from one school to another, one of whom is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And the other two of whom is going to spend the week in New York and being feted and all that kind of stuff. The best players in college football. Did this destroy people's seasons? Did it destroy people's lives? No, it actually made it reasonable and fair. And if you don't like where all the money is gone, you blame those same people. 
Because if they had just allowed reasonable incremental change to what we knew as amateur status then, then this thing would never have wound up in the courts. And if you think it is the wild, wild west now, that's the reason why. Because you wouldn't give them an inch. So you wound up having to give them a mile. If you had given them an inch, this never would have come to this. So if you don't like the way the sport has gone, you blame those same people. Don't blame me. Don't blame the talking heads. We just told you the truth. They were lying to you. And if they had said to those kids, you know what? There is some reasonable way that you can benefit from this without it becoming totally chaotic, then that's what would have happened. But they tried to give you zero, and so instead it went from zero to 100. It could easily have gone from zero to 50, and everyone would have been satisfied with it. So that's the reality of the situation. So that is why when the transfer portal opened earlier this week, 1,184 players entered on day one of the transfer portal, shattering the previous record of 775. Now, that may not sound like that many more, but that is a huge increase from 775 to 1,184 is an increase of like 40%. 538 FBS scholarship players entered the portal portal yesterday. That's up about 70 from the year before. Hembo received a text from someone who said, the transfer portal is going to ruin college football. You need to respond, shut the hell up. You have no idea what you're talking about. The transfer portal has been great for college football. It has been great for the athletes themselves. It has had absolutely no uh, negative impact on fan interest or anything else. It's just hurting some of the people who don't want to play by the new rules, and I say, get them out. There'll be plenty of people willing to play this game too. That's what I think. What do you say? I think that the text that I received from a friend of mine, uh, by the way, an ardent Ohio State football fan, is actually a fairly mainstream opinion. I think we have become, like college football is an institution, as much so as probably any sport in this country, maybe aside from baseball, in terms of how much we love the tradition and the history. So I think it's going to take an entire generation of people to unlearn what we have lived with our entire lives. I happen to agree with you. I happen to believe that the transfer portal is going to have the opposite effect. I think it's going to continue to supercharge college football because for the longest time, among all the sports that we love, college football has had, by a long shot, the least interesting off-seasons among them by a mile, right? Now we can ask ourselves, who's playing quarterback at Ohio State next season, which is way more interesting than figuring out who BYU is going to, who's going to coach BYU next year and which coach is going to get an extension and how much that person's buyout is because that was the college football offseason before. This is going to add a level of intrigue and national interest to college football in a way that you could not manufacture before. And I think over the course of time, 
people will come around to it. But because we've been so used to loving something a certain way for as long as we have, that text that I got yesterday, I think, is a standard opinion. Yes, that's because that person who texted it to you was a fan of Ohio State and didn't like losing their quarterback. But you know who's just fine with it? Who's that? Wherever that kid transfers to. Joe Burrow was at Ohio State. He transferred to LSU. He won the Heisman and is now worth half a billion dollars. This thing was never wrong, and it never had any deleterious impact. That person will watch not one fewer Ohio Ohio State game and will not be one iota less invested in it than he already was. And the bottom line of it is people get used to things much faster than we say they would. How many baseball traditionalists hated the pitch clock rule before the season started? All of them. How many of them hate it now? Very few of them. That's my point. This took one year. One year. <laughs> the world doesn't change that fast. Why is Rich laughing? He's that one. He's that one who hate you hate the pitch clock? Can I love you, Rich. You're a schmuck. <laughs> Not a hero. Pitch I mean, wh- what else do you hate? T- food that tastes good? I mean, I could make things, I, I can either make your life better or not. You know what it is? Rich doesn't have enough other things to do in his life. He wants that time filled by, by, by the air that takes place between pitches <laughs> in Major League Baseball games. That's the problem that he has. Listen, this, people will forget this in 10 seconds. 10 seconds. We have four teams playing for the championship this year. Three of them are Alabama, Michigan, and Texas. Nothing has changed. Alabama, Michigan, and Texas have been playing the championship since every person you're talking about's grandfather was born. (laughs) That's always been the sport, and it always will be. They'll find ways to play with the rules, and then other people will find new ways to do it. Now guess what's about to happen? Charlie Baker. Oh, is he the governor of Massachusetts? Do I have that right? Yeah, and Mark Emmert's successor. Mark Emmert is a whole other thing. But he is now the president of the NCAA. And he has proposed rule changes that would allow for the first time Division I athletes to pay, or excuse me, to be paid by their schools in ways that are not tied to educational resources. If Division I schools choose to adopt the rules, they would be allowed to enter into name, image, and likeness deals directly with their athletes. The new rules would create a new subdivision of Division I schools that would be allowed to create its own set of rules for recruiting, transfers, roster size, and a wide range of other policies. To be a part of that subdivision, each school would have to put millions of dollars each year into a trust fund for athletes. Beautiful. I love it. Love it. For those of you who don't fully understand the way this stuff works, I'll explain it to you now. Name, image, and likeness while it is 100% utilized by the schools in order to recruit athletes, cannot officially be done by the schools. Who was the coach who just said the other day to get a quarterback in the portals a million and a half dollars? That was Nebraska's Matt Rule. Matt Rule. But what that that money, that million and a half dollars that that quarterback they would like to bring in or any quarterback you might like to bring in gets paid, that's not coming from the university's endowment It's not coming from the university itself. It's coming from something else. At Northwestern, we call it a collective. So I don't know if every school calls it that. But basically, Mm -hmm. it it is an independently run company. I don't even know what you would call it. But it is a group of people who collectively get together, and they raise money, raise funds, and with the express purpose of giving name, image, and likeness funding to athletes to play at their schools. This is no secret. This is going on everywhere. It is not 
officially connected to the university, but it might as well be in every way that matters. And so what we're doing now is a very common thing we do in America. We change the name of something and act as though we've actually changed it. Well, this isn't actually coming from the school. It's coming from this collective. Who is the collective? The same people who would otherwise be giving the money to the school. Oh, so what have you actually accomplished? Well, now that you mention it, absolutely nothing. So there's no reason for this change not to be made. No one will be hurt by it, and plenty of people will benefit from it. And the hypocrisy of the coaches who have stood in the way of this forever, who have changed jobs left and right whenever they had a better opportunity but wouldn't allow their players to do the same, who have negotiated multi-million dollar contracts but stood as hard as they could in the face of their players getting a free bowl of soup, that hypocrisy is finally being shown for what it was, which was bull you-know-what from the very beginning. So Little Greeny, 1992, hosting a talk show locally in Chicago, was right then, and I'm being proven right now. And these phonies are being exposed for what they have been all along, and it is my single favorite thing happening in sports right now. I think this is going to go down as, as the most significant landmark breakthrough event in the history of college athletics. <laughs> that, is, that is not hyperbole, because this is quite literally pay-for-play. This is quite literally revenue-sharing which is quite literally professional sports. This is the NCAA acknowledging that we are running professional sports. Now, I've read through basically this whole thing, have a decent understanding of what they're positing. There's still a lot of detail to sort out, but there are three reasons why this has to happen now. The first of which is there's enormous amounts of legal pressure for this to happen. Right now, there's a huge house case involving this. Um, secondly, the collectives have gotten totally out of control. Like uh, Some would even say like Wild Westy, and I think it's high time that this stuff can be regulated and it's way better it be regulated. And the third thing, Greeny, is like the, the, the financial divide in college athletics between the haves and the have-nots is, is increasingly growing because of the enormity of college football. So obviously it's better late than never. It's really, really late, but this is an enormous step in changing college athletics as we know them. Yeah, and what, what it doesn't do is undo all of the wrongs that have been done for generations it doesn't give Jalen and all his Fab Five buddies everything they should have gotten from all of that. I'm telling you, this was a story. I first got this idea. Well, no, this would have been after, but one of the things I will never forget was reading a story in Chicago, my beloved alma mater, Northwestern University. We had a running back named Darnell Autry, who was the star of the team that went to the Rose Bowl, who finished second in the Heisman voting to Eddie George. He was a great running back. And there was a whole story about how we were selling his jersey in the student bookstore, and he couldn't afford to buy one. And that was when it crystallized, in my mind, more than ever before. This is ridiculous. And the people who are supporting it are doing it not for the betterment of anything but themselves. So thank goodness they finally got this thing right. right, We're back in a moment on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Do, do you know who, who this song is? Do Have I know who this song this is? Have you ever heard this song before? No. You've never heard this song before? <laughs> no, is it a well-known song? It's a reasonably well-known song, yes. So, so this song, th- 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 this is Layla... Actually, I think, wasn't this Derek and the Dominoes? Yes. I, I don't think this was either of the bands that we named for Eric Clapton yeah, before, right? album, though, so that, that did not make it. But my point is he was in that band as well. Correct, so he yeah. was in the Yardbirds and, and is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for that, and he is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist, and he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Cream. They should have just put him in on this song alone. Yeah. A fourth but time. He came back and then did it. He did this a totally different acoustic version of this song, and it became a huge hit all over again in an entirely different way, right? Like the two versions yeah. of Layla are hugely different. He was also in blind faith with it. That's not in either. So there you go. Okay, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, 30 seconds for Farm Fresh. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at getrealkeepitreal.com. All right, I now face a real conundrum. Because I have great trust and faith in the members of the hashtag crew, in the judgment of Hembo, of Bubba, and of Cam. And they put... Information They put things in our Google document pretty much every day with the expectation, or at least the, they're, they're placing it in there, is the recommendation that I report the story and then perhaps discuss it and offer some opinion. That's their job. Because for the two hours before we go on the air, I'm hosting a different show, so I don't really have the time to do the amount of show prep that I normally would for this show. So... I find this, this block that we are doing right now, this segment you are listening to, is called our 11 o'clock C block. We do two hours, the 10 a.m. hour and the 11 a.m. hour, and we do three blocks each hour, the A, the B, and this one, the C. And I'm hesitant to read the story that I find in the 11 o'clock C block. So I'm going to ask for your indulgence. I'm going to read this only because I want it to be an indication of just how way off the people who work on this show are. So the headline of the story is the worst injury of all time. Now, I I would defy even Walter Cronkite to have read this story with a straight face. I will do my best to do so because I feel it is news that should be reported honestly, earnestly, and seriously. Treated with the gravity that it deserves. It's a sports story. 
It is a sports story. It involves cross-country skiing, a World Cup cross-country event that was competed in the town of Ruka, which is inside the Arctic Circle, where temperatures dropped to minus 15 before a World Cup cross-country skiing event wow. in which the competitors raced for 20 kilometers. So I don't know exactly how fast people cross-country ski, but you have to figure you're out there an awful long time in this weather to go 20 kilometers in temperatures that are minus 15. And bear in mind, how far is 20 kilometers? It's a 12 and a half miles. 12 and a half miles of cross-country skiing. Yikes. And bear in mind, this is not like a football game where you can be wearing coats and parkas and sit on a heated bench and all that stuff. There's no break. You were just going nonstop. And so again, against my better judgment, and only because this collection of misfits has suggested it, I'm going to read this story. <clears throat> Dateline Ruka. Two cross-country skiers sustained a frozen penis at a World Cup event. Oh, come on. <laughs> Callie Halverson told the media he had to spend 10 minutes heating his appendage in a tent. Appendage? Where competitors warm up post-race. What? Speaking to Swedish outlet Expressen after recovering, the 34-year-old said, and I quote, I have frozen my penis for real. I had to lie there in the warm-up tent for 10 minutes to warm it up. It hurts so damn much. It's terrible. It's lucky that I'm going to have my second child because this is going to be difficult in the future if I'm going to continue like this. Jeez. Asked if he could describe the pain, Halverson replied, no. Those who know, they know. But you should get a tip from me. Stay away from it because it is the worst thing you can experience. (laughs) Halverson wasn't the only one to pick up the affliction. The Finnish racer Remy Lindholm also required treatment. Limholm had had previously frozen his penis during the Beijing Olympics. And after doing so in Ruka, he told the media, quote, it's bad. Cross-country skiers compete in skin-tight racing suits, leaving them susceptible to low temperatures. That is the sports story that Cam... And Bubba put in my rundown today, expecting me to just come across it and read it without pre-reading, without any notice ahead of time, that this was going to be the subject matter. I ask you, is this appropriate subject matter for a program of this stature? This is hashtag greenie, damn it. We're a big deal. We're on all over the country. People pay close attention. And we are reading, we have been reduced to reading stories like this. Is everyone in here as disgusted as I am? <laughs> Hembo, are I, you disgusted? I'm not nearly as disgusted as, as you are. Cam, I'm can you explain yourself? What went through your mind that you thought to yourself, you know, I think I'll put this story in the Google Doc. I don't understand what the problem is. We've talked all season about, you know, all the quarterback injuries we're dealing with. We're just talking about a different kind of sports injury. I guess I will grant you that should they play a game in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and God bless him, poor Jordan Love, were to suffer from this injury, it would very likely lead Sports Center for the rest of our lives. I, I accept that. But this is not that. This is one Finnish and another Swedish cross-country racer 
going at it in the Arctic Circle who have to spend 10 minutes heating their appendages in a tent where competitors, it's kind of like the blue tent uh, that we have in football. <laughs> Bubba, as the producer of this show, are you comfortable? Are, are, you, are, you, are you ready to walk into whatever meeting it is that you have to go to with others who, who run our department and say, yes, I, here's how I would explain our judgment and news judgment in, in, in reporting this story? We're just talking about World Cup events, so I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with it. Um, my biggest concern is when they said, uh, the quote from the guy said, those who know, they know. <laughs> I, who knows about this happening? How many people know this? Yeah, that's my, that's my Remy question. Remy Lindholm does it. It happened, happened to him before, again. But he, this is a recurring issue. He's making it sound like it's a con- Oh, those who know, they know how bad it is. I, who else has this happen to them? It's, it's Let me just say this. Terrifying. That could only happen to me once. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that had that ever happened, You're not the last up again? thing I'm doing is entering another cross-country <laughs> event and hoping for the best. When it's negative 15? Negative 15. But you should get a tip from me, he said. I apologize. <laughs> a tip from me. Oh, he got a tip, all right. Delightfully, the show is now over. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.